Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name's Matt Carroll. I am Jeff Randall. We are here to discuss episode 12 of Jessica Jones. A.K.A. Take a Bloody Number. Yeah, great line. That was a great line. So if you haven't seen Jessica Jones episode 12, if you're not cut up that far, uh, we are going to be spoiling it. So stick around at your own peril. (laughs) I don't know if it's peril. Peril. It's quite perilous. Quite, quite perilous. I want to just talk like uh, David Tennant all the time. I want so much more David Tennant. Um, <laughs> so much more. I, he needs to be in the in in the cinematic universe more often. Well, Do you, don't you agree? <laughs> I I agree that David Tennant is probably either the most entertaining villain that we've had, or. A close second. I think he kicks Loki's ass. And for for entertaining quality. I like Loki a lot. He's an interesting character, but just straight up entertainment, I I can't, I would much rather watch uh, David Tennant in any role as Loki, if that's fine. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm fine with that. I think you're just a David Tennant fanboy. I'm a huge David Tennant fanboy. Um, I think that's a little bit biased. Yeah, but it's so good. It's so good. He is he is quite good. I uh I would not mind seeing him in say like something in like Infinity War. Sure. Like if he were to show up in there Absolutely. for some reason. Be awesome. I feel like Infinity War is gonna be a, a superhero team up versus just Thanos. But I really want it to be like Thanos and like a whole bunch of other bad guys that are well, I They're want there. I would love to see some bad guys in the movie, but what I, what I have a feeling is going to happen because of his goal of like destroying the universe or whatever he's trying to do. We're gonna have good guys and bad guys team up. Yeah, which, I can't rule the world if you destroy it. Exactly. Yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun. It might be. Anyway, Jessica Jones, episode twelve. Talking this about, was a fun one. You know how was it? Liz, was the last episode where? It was one of our recent episodes where we were saying there was no Kilgrave Kilgrave or Luke Cage, Cage, and in here we get them in the same car. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Same car and a lot. We joked about that there was no speaking roles from either one of them in the last episode, and that was episode 11. Um, And in this episode, there was tons of speaking. Yeah. Uh, they both they both spoke a lot. By the way, uh, just so you everybody get, if if you're listening and you've been wondering where all our feedback is, we did all these kind of crushed together. So, uh, we have a ton exceptionally quickly of feedback that we're going to throw at the end of this episode. So, if you've been waiting on some good feedback from you guys, then that'll be in a few minutes. That will be forthcoming. It is forthcoming. Uh, <laughs> but uh but first we're going to talk about episode 12. So we get that thing that we've been talking about how it's going to be real rough if it happens. They, yes, they made did. it happen. They did make it happen. We got the Luke Cage versus Jessica Jones fight with Luke Cage being mind controlled. That ending Ooh. with a shotgun to the face, to the chin. Oh, that's intense. I mean, it's good that he's unbreakable skin and all, but what about his bones? <laughs> what about his? brain being shoved around a lot like you may have unbreakable skin sir but you still succumb to whiplash yeah not like yeah not the character i gotcha i I love that we can do that i can make little puns about there's so there's so many characters in this uh in this universe at this point that we can just 
almost say any word something. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of fun. <laughs> His skin is unbreakable. It's like he has an iron fist. No, wait. <laughs> the thing that is much more painful than the actual physical attack that he has Luke Cage do to Jessica Jones, much worse is the puppetry he does where he has Luke Cage tell Jessica he forgives her all that stuff. And he'll keep telling her every day. Oh my god. As long as she needs to hear it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> when 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 they're when they're in that in the nightclub at the end and he's yelling, um It was me. It was our sexual tension. <sighs> it was all me. When when he said I wrote it Rather, like, when she asked, like, you heard that? You heard that? You were, like, spying on us? And he was like, I wrote it. I was like, no. <laughs> no. So, it was so bad. What? It was so bad. Um, I, I was, I did not think throughout this episode that uh, he had been taken over. Did you? Did you, did you see I, that? Not coming? at all. Yeah. I was I was worried that he was going to get, like, he was going to see Kilgrave at the end and then be like, I need to attack him. Right. Worried about him getting taken over again. Yeah, and then get taken over again. But, like, to have been, like, controlled the entire time? Mm-hmm. And then, like, you get Kilgrave talking about how they've been working on enhancing his power. Like, of course he didn't kill his dad. He wants more power. Exactly. And it's, it's like he's exercising. <laughs> he's ma it's like a muscle that he has to make stronger, you know, yeah. cause it was like 12 hours before and now it's a hundred yards and mm -hmm. 24 hours. Like that's yep. It was crazy. 80 yards and 16 hours at one point. Yeah. Um, he's just getting bigger and uh, bigger and bigger area, more and more powerful. And they kind of hinted at it for us with the, uh, with the guy at the fence. That oh was yeah. Standing no, no, no. There. That was a straight up giveaway. As soon as they came back to that, it's been a full day Yeah. at this point. As soon as they came back to the nightclub and that guy's still sitting there freaking out, staring at the fence. I was like, uh Oh yeah. This is bad. I didn't, I didn't put it together. I was just I like... I straight up put it together. That after, was like, after the fact, I was like, oh, God, they had that guy standing there? And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, that was definitely that makes sense more, now. Than, more than the number of hours. It's crazy. Um, another insane thing that Kilgrave had done that was... Oh, gosh. I don't think I'll ever get this out of my brain. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, the the guy with the, the pure pruning shears oh yeah i will never that will never go out of my brain it won't ever leave <laughs> um the, the gardener right beside him you can't take those you can't take those okay i'll just fall on right shears here in his mouth and falls on them <sighs> you still haven't seen serenity have you nope well you guys who've seen serenity know what i'm talking about right yeah I feel um, like everybody kind of just nodded. Yeah, like every, all all of our <laughs> listeners who are also Serenity fans, like, yeah, we know what you're talking about. <laughs> I got you, bro. We know what you're referencing that this reminds you of, and Jeff will know it soon one day. One day. I'm scared. After Jessica Jones, we're going to have a little free time. <laughs> are about, we? <laughs> yeah, because Jessica Jones is going to end, and then we're going to have no shield for a few weeks. We just need to get together and watch Serenity one day. You know what I'm going to do? What? Sleep. <laughs> 
going to be nice. It's probably a good call. <laughs> it's probably a good call. It's going to be real nice. Use a little bit of that myself. Kilgrave is a lot, uh, a lot more cunning and a lot more um, tactful than I thought that he was. Like, yeah, he's got a lot more planning going into everything than than I had previously thought. Because hmm. like before, I thought he was just crazy. Like I use you and I'm done with you and whatever. I just I'm. He he seemed very. Um, what's the word impulsive yeah and very spur of the moment and he definitely seemed to have plan i don't know man i I hear what you're saying but i think that was a miss uh you're missing the big picture because in the first episode he orchestrated that whole elevator thing yeah true that was that was hugely like puppet mastery and like he had to work for a month working on hope and then convince her parents to come find her and like he he's been he's been a pretty big mastermind the whole time. Maybe so, yeah. Uh, but I hear yeah. I hear what you're saying. He was definitely this episode he was particularly uh tricksy. Trixie Hobbitses. He was uh he was very planning. Trixie Doxers's doctors. Stop. Sorry. Stop it. Just quit that. Did I tell you? No. This is completely off topic. We're really we never we never that. do that. Uh, so <laughs> I feel comfortable doing it this once. Um, but just this once. In Montgomery, there's a bar called GT South Geek and Gaming Tavern. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I went there the other night after my show. A guy invited me. and I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. And I went in there. There's like video games, board games, a bar. It was like karaoke. It was like an adult uh game store yeah there's uh there's one of those in atlanta called battle and brew yeah when i've been to that one it's you know it's all right yeah this was this was just all right i mean it was really it was just a cool concept i yeah the first couple hours i was in there i was just like freaking out at how much fun it was just to be in like a bar <laughs> drinking with a bunch of other people who also love all the geeky shit i love <laughs> yeah like we were talking really intensely about uh, some like different continuity things in Star Trek, and then that guy had to go back to work, and his uh, fellow employee like picked up the conversation <laughs> and just continued it. It was like he had to tag out. He's like, "Oh, I've got to go back to the bar. Can you finish this?" <laughs> I was like, "I love this place. Anyone in the bar can just step in and have a really, really <clears throat> refined Star Trek conversation." <laughs> That's that's nice. I um at Battle and Brew I was able to sit down with a uh, with a nice um a nice hard cider and play Boss Monster. Nice. Which I love that game. I know. We we should we should open something like that in Birmingham. There are so many regulations that we'd have to work through. Sure. We can get it. we can do it. We got this. We got this. All right. Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones is just uh, it's just going to be fully messed up I think after this episode. Yeah. Well, the the episode ended with her like crying over Luke's body and not even like his dead body. There's no blood around. I guess that Luke Cage the the show is going to be all flashback. <laughs> it's going to have to be a prequel at this point. <laughs> He's comatose now. Yep. And you know, she's crying over his body saying, "I'm sorry." Like it would okay even if even if the person is not going to die and you're absolutely certain that they're not going to die it still takes a whole lot 
to shoot them in the face with a shotgun from point blank range. Yeah. Oh, it sucks so much. Because you know she didn't want to do it at all. No, at all. And then he said, do what you got to do. God. And that makes it even worse. Because, yep. you know, that's his line. That's him saying it. He doesn't want to be controlled. He like he wants out of it. And like every time he was every mm, every time he delivered a line of like, "Why would I forgive you for killing my wife? You killed my wife. Why would I ever forgive you for that?" I was like, "That's Kilgrave talking. It has to be. Or it can't it? be Luke." I don't. I just don't know. <sighs> it, mm, it's horrible. I'm not sure which one was him. Who's the real Luke Cage? Yeah. God, I hate that. I hate that feeling. I hate not knowing. Mm -hmm. Because he's doing such a good job. Yeah. Mike Coulter is just knocking it out of the park as Luke Cage. And, like, the the seamlessness between being controlled and not being controlled, just, and every facial expression he gives is just on point. Like, I'm really excited that he's in the MCU. It's so... The nuances of Kilgrave's control is interesting because they, he can make people want him. That's what he did to Jessica and some other people. But he also, sometimes he doesn't change their desires. He just changes their actions. Yeah. And that's interesting because... He just gives them a command. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And that blender scene. We haven't talked about the blender scene. That uh, This show... Is going to stick with me. <laughs> Some of these things are just going to stick with me. The, yeah, just crazy. And the whole time, the whole time he was going into the blender, the, blender the whole time he was putting his hand into the blender, I'm like, is he just playing along? Is this is this him playing along and the mists worked or something? I really hope it's not. I really hope it's not him playing along because like. This is some dedication. Those those fingers just get so close to that blender, just like way too close for my my taste. Like <laughs> way too close for comfort. Yeah. Um, the I like. I don't even know how they shot that without truly endangering someone's fingers. <laughs> Maybe they were rubber blades. Maybe it was all CG. <laughs> it's possible. It looked so real. I don't like it. I don't <laughs> we like got it. a bladeless blender just for this. Oh, Kilgrave. <laughs> and uh, everyone, like we didn't, we didn't see it. We only heard about it. But everyone in the uh, in the medical facility, mm -hmm. just working nonstop, and it's smelling just god awful in there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. When you when that Kilgrave tells you to work nonstop, you work nonstop. Ew. Oh. Yep, pretty gross. How about one of my favorite things, happy thing from this episode was when they were there were in, happy things in this episode. There was there was a happy funny thing in this episode that I really enjoyed. I don't know, I don't remember that. It's when they were in Arthur's <clears throat> when they were in Arthur's motel room, and the um, oh yeah, like lady. the landlady was in there saying like it's worth something to you, and Luke just looks at her grabs her by the shoulders and then just picks her up gently and she's going oh 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 no yeah that was, that was pretty great <laughs> I, I liked how much she stood up to luke cage though yeah <laughs> that was pretty great 
Um, and then she stopped. And then she stopped after he <laughs> lifted her easily. Very abruptly. And moved her over. I, uh, another funny thing in this episode that was pretty great. Upon a second watch, upon a first watch, I couldn't. It was too feelsy for me to uh, think it was that funny. But uh, when Malcolm takes Robin to the docks oh, yeah. to talk to show where her brother was submerged. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a very sad scene. And so the first time I was watching it, I really didn't like, I heard this line, but it didn't resonate how funny it was. But when they walk out to the docks, these dirty old, like fishing boats and stuff. And she was like, I get it. You're into me. (laughs) And the romantic setting, it's working for you. I'm not going to lie, but I'm in mourning. (laughs) When she said that, I was just, I was kind of taken aback. Like what you Ew, stop. Yeah. Stop talking. This is not that kind of moment, lady. <laughs> Malcolm just completely ignores her. <laughs> yeah. He does a good job of that. He kind of has that look of like, what are you? No, Ruben's yeah. here. And oh, headless, so sad. Headless Ruben's right here. So sad. When she was talking about how they were Pisces, like two fish swimming. Mm-hmm. You know, in a circle forever. Yeah, I was. I, I really thought that she was just gonna jump in and be like, "We're together," and then like just drown herself. Oh gosh, yeah, that'd be awful. That's truly awful idea. It thanks, would be. Thanks for that. But you know, that's I, what this show is all about. You still might see her with like a chain around her ankle in a future episodes. <laughs> I could see her going out there with like a brick around her ankle and tossing it in to be with her brother. Oh, but they they toss the um. <laughs> the cable in together. The cable. The thing that he had shipped. Oh, yeah. That's that Ruben had shipped. It was like a chinchilla something charger cable. Oh, no, 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 no. It was a charger cable for, I think, some one of his devices, but his chinchilla had eaten it. Oh, right. You don't, you don't charge a chinchilla. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was like a chinchilla... <laughs> figure of some sort that oh needed, gotcha. or it was like a chinchilla on it or something I, don't know. I didn't catch all of the line yeah i was most of this, this episode i was just like oh this chinchilla chewed through his charger one of my favorite fight moments yeah that's what it was it was too much alliteration i didn't catch it chinchilla chewed through the charger i gotcha yeah uh, <laughs> one of my favorite fight moments is when jessica jones is in one of the uh in in that building in in the in the nightclub and she's like in the bowels of the nightclub like she's just kind of hiding in one of the rooms and then Luke Cage's arms just burst through the wall yep. on either side of her and grab her and pull her through the wall. It was awesome. That is a strong dude. It's a very strong dude. I liked it. We haven't touched on um, one really interesting thing, which is IGH, and uh, I'm I'm not that interested in it right now because. I'm worried about Kilgrave, but yeah. I think we're moving toward a bigger story that might be maybe it's second season, maybe whatever, but we're moving toward the origins of Jessica Jones and who knows about her powers and all this stuff. So, yeah, uh, I think that's interesting. Yeah. I'm, when uh, when they were saying, like, is this her medical bills all paid by IGH? What? Huh? I was like, is she is she a powered person like that, like Simpson or... Was it an IGH truck that they hit? Yeah. It's what? possible that IGH paid for them so they could keep an eye on her somehow. Maybe. Or, I have no idea. 
All right, Neil, I say we talk about some of this feedback we've gotten over these past few days. We got we got a lot of feedback here. We're going to go through. Um, Randy Smith on our um, mcucast.com on our blog says, I think Iron Fist is the big show, in quotations, in this phase of Marvel's Netflix. Um, in Daredevil, we get teased by Madame Gao's reference to Kunlun. And the in, Steel Serpent logo. That's right. In Jessica Jones, we meet Danny Rand's lawyer, and Jessica tries to book a flight to Hong Kong. And in season two of Daredevil, I believe we are supposed to meet Rand's friend on on NYPD. These shows are not trying tying together so much as they seem to be finding their way back to the martial artist. Hmm. I think that's interesting. I do think that they all seem to be mo- well, at least Daredevil seems to be pointing toward the mystical elements and possibly uh, also the martial artist stuff. Uh, but I think that uh, I think that's what Defenders is going to be. Um, I think that uh, maybe Iron Fist will be closest to that. But I think that Defenders is going to be <clears throat> what uh, what they're all pointing to. And I think that's kind of... Yeah, it, it of very well maybe. could be that. Um, with Doctor Strange coming out next year, yeah, it would make it very easy for a Defenders thing to be uh, very, very mystic, mysticism-based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when... Let's see, when Iron Man, or wow, when Iron Fist and Power Man, Luke Cage, had their uh, their team-up series in, I think it was the 90s? Heroes for Hire. Yeah, well, it was like Power Man and Iron Fist was what it was okay. called. But they were Heroes for Hire. Um, when they had that series, it was kind of like both of them were fish out of water at the same time. Because yeah. like... Iron Fist was this like well well off um billionaire billionaire playboy philanthropist basically okay. um who was raised in in Asia in the mysticism culture and like very much rooted in eastern mysticism and then he's teamed up with Luke Cage but he's on the street level so he's very much out of his element being at the street level and and the nitty-gritty parts of New York but then Luke Cage being his you know best friend and and partner in this is very much fish out of water because all of that mysticism comes with him mm-hmm. comes with iron fist so they're dealing with a lot of that they're just basically i mean it's it's the it's the classic story of two partners that are that are very different backgrounds very different backgrounds yeah. yeah it's like shanghai noon <laughs> yeah or no that other jackie chan one with chris tucker rush hour rush hour or Rush Hour 2. Or Rush Hour 3. Or Rush Hour 3. Or Shanghai Nights. We gotta All quit of these this. are great examples. We gotta quit this. All of these are great and very original examples. Good good, good thoughts all. Um, They're not original. <laughs> uh, Alright. Uh, on Twitter, Yodahue uh, says, At MCUcast, episode one of Jessica Jones was so good. Different feel from Daredevil. But great intro to everyone must watch more. And I think he did watch more, because he went on to say, MCU cast. Episode 2 of Jessica Jones was even better. <laughs> Only gripe. <laughs> Only gripe is the fight in the bar looked very fake. Holy crap. Kilgrave creeps me out. Right? 
Yeah, I think this is like this is early on, so like he's just like talking about like face licky, hiding in the shadows, kill grave. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't think the bar fight looked that fake. Well, you compared it to Arrow. Well, no, no, no. I said it was the opposite of Arrow because in Arrow, girls throw dudes like that, but they don't have any superpowers to explain it. They're just like throwing eh. big heavy dudes. They're just like, eh. Yeah. There's like, I can just do this because martial arts. <laughs> For there to be a redirection of force, there must first be force. Yeah. They have to have a force in that direction. You can't redirect them the opposite direction. Like... Really you can, it just takes a lot of spinning. Yeah, spinning. But I'm just talking about you can't grab a dude and just throw him the, wrong, the other way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no matter how good you are at redirecting force. <laughs> um, he also says, my reason for no sleep tonight may just be Kilgrave made me do it. Uh, such a good show. Hashtag Marvel have done it again. Yeah, they have. Uh, hashtag Kilgrave made me do it. Is that a hashtag that's been going around? Uh, I I haven't seen it other than that. <clears throat> I really want to, though. I want that to be yeah, a thing. I want to. <laughs> me too. I just want people to post like things they've done wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Cheated on the test. Kilgrave made me do it. <laughs> uh, next, we have Ryan Crone. On Twitter says at MCUcast. Yes, Jeff. I also saw the purple eyes from Hope on the bed. It wasn't just me. Yeah, way back to episode one, uh, Jeff thought the eyes were purple. No one else thought the eyes were purple, but uh, Ryan Cron is on your side. I don't know how to spell your name. Say your name, Ryan Cron. I apologize. Um, he also says at MCUcast, Jeff. You need to do your own spoiler episodes. <laughs> Sorry, Matt, but Jeff starts talking. I just want him to finish, but you say no. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry for being the fun police. I apologize. How dare you? Um, and I'm totally down for that. Uh, the, the funny thing is, if in, in studio, I try, to, I try to gauge my spoiler uh, sensors on what I wouldn't want to hear. Yeah. Like, if you say something and I'm like, dude, that, that spoils <laughs> it for me. Like, we should, we should not go down that road because if it spoils it for me, it's going to spoil it for others. Uh, I, I, it's, it's, uh, we just have to have, figure out a line somewhere. So that's what I do. Well, like, but the funny thing is, if you made spoiler episodes, I'm sure I'd listen. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the end of episode 11, Luke's bar blows up. Yeah. That was in the trailer. Yeah. And you can tell that it's Luke's bar. It looks exactly... It's the only bar they go to. Right. So you know it's Luke's bar. That's all I was mentioning. And you were like, no! I don't want to know that! I'm like, but how can you not? I don't, I don't pay that close attention to trailers. <laughs> there were a few things that were so We memorable. dissect trailers. It's true. But then I forget things. <laughs> it makes it more fun for me. <laughs> Now that we're done with that, I'll just erase that from my brain. Okay. All right. Moving on with a clear brain. <laughs> um, all right. Also on Twitter, uh, Marco Margo says, at MCUcast, why in the Netflix series don't we see Avengers Tower in any of the skyline shots? 
That's a good question. That is a good question. I Maybe they're just not looking at it. Yeah, I guess they're just facing the wrong way. Of course, I'm sure you could like <laughs> you could probably analyze it and find out where it's missing or something. But I don't I don't pay that close attention, I guess. It would be gr- it would be such a great call though. Like why don't they put Avengers Tower in the skyline? Yeah. Be awesome. Well, you would think that they should be able to see it from at least from Hogarth's office. Right. Cuz I mean, she's in a she's very all, high up office. She's all uptown. <laughs> I kept thinking like maybe she's in Avengers Tower and it like keeps showing the building. I'm like, yeah. that's not it. That's it's our head that's all. our head can, Mark. Um <laughs> that we don't see it because Hogarth is in Avengers Tower. <laughs> and nobody wants to look at her. No, I'm just mean She's a pretty lady, but I'm just mean she's in there, so it's always facing out. Yeah. She has Um, no introspection. Yeah. No. (laughs) Again, not what I mean. (laughs) Moving on. Rustin on Twitter says, already watched all of Jessica Jones. Love hearing y'all's opinions on what is going to happen. Also, realizing stuff I missed. Yeah, go back and rewatch. Yeah. I can't wait to hear y'all's shock. In some upcoming episodes, though, great job. My first JJ review is listening to y'all. Cool. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I, I, we try to get these out as, as fast as possible, uh, but also we're trying to do one for every day. So hopefully we're, we're, we're can be most people's firsts. <laughs> Although I know, I know of some websites that, like, I don't know, some reviewers just power watch the entire thing. And IGN does that. Yeah, they reviewed it, like, the day it came out. Yeah. the entire series, I was like... They just drop all 13 all at once, and I'm like, how? No. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> no doesn't see, Or they'll just drop one big one for all 13, talking about all 13. Yeah, IGN, whenever Daredevil came out, I didn't I didn't keep up with them on Jessica Jones, but whenever Daredevil came out, they, they had, like, one major, like, link to all of the review episodes page where you could comment on everything but you know it was like spoiler filled or whatever and then each individual episode review was linked in there and like each one had its own page past that and just it was there was so much to it and i think they did that with this series as well but i just haven't kept up with them interesting um joe sanders uh, gets to start on a few people responding to something we mentioned um about what other Doctor Whos should play in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. And Joe says, Capaldi should play Adrian Toomes, that is the Vulture, uh, the Spider-Man villain. Uh, And Matt Smith should play Young Toomes. That's interesting. That's interesting. Hashtag regeneration. Hashtag regeneration. I I think that's interesting, uh, having the two Doctors play the same guy. Just the I don't know. Version. I don't see that. As I know they just regenerate into one another, but I don't see those two as similar at all to me. <laughs> They're so different. They're so different. They're so different. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I'm sure they're good actors. They could pull it off. I could see Capaldi doing the Vulture quite handily. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think Capaldi would be a great Vulture. Um. Cargo like, Cargo Man Shark. I like his suggestion of what Matt Smith should do. Yeah. Um let's go through these. Cargo Man Shark has a few of his own casting ideas for Doctor Who's. Uh John Hurt should play Galactus. I like that. I like that a lot. Which one was John Hurt? Well, he was uh 
He's they call him the Hurt Doctor. Um, he's you know John Hurt is a, a pretty pretty big actor. He was only in one episode, and that's the 50th anniversary special ah. of Doctor Who. He like was this weird in between Doctor we've never seen before. He was in between two of the Doctors that we never saw. It's pretty interesting. Okay. So they had like, yeah, it's cool. It's neat. So like they even though we've gone into like. 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, they went into this, this flashback in the 50th where the doctor had to go back and meet himself, and he met a doctor that was in between the doctors. Like Doctor 8.5 or something? Uh, 9.5. Uh, yeah, 8.5, you're right. Basically, he, he, he denounced the name of the doctor, which is why you can still say it's Doctor 9, 10, 11, but he denounced the name of the doctor and was a different kind of man. Okay. All right. It was interesting. It's good stuff. Cargo Man Shark goes on to say that Matt Smith should be the hood. I like that suggestion. Matt tell, Smith for the hood. Tell us about the hood. The hood is a mystical enemy. But the only really mystical thing about him is that his hood lets him teleport kind of in and out wherever he feels like. Okay. And he can take people with him, generally. Oh, I, I've seen the hood. Yeah. And he's he uses guns, which okay. is kind of rudimentary, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of like something anyone could do, but yeah. with teleportation. Yeah, and bringing others to teleport. Yeah, I've I've seen I've seen some things of the hood. I forgot about him. Uh, Peter Capaldi is Morbius. I'm not real familiar with Morbius. I've heard the name. He's the uh, vampire, like stalker of Peter Parker. Oh yeah, I remember seeing him. And uh, Modoc, uh, Tom Baker as Modoc, which I'm down with that. <laughs> Anyone as Modoc, I think would be pretty funny. <laughs> I haven't. Uh, be cool to get a Modoc. His Modoc feels more X Men though to me. Does he? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I I've only seen him in X Men things, so I don't know who owns. Okay. I don't know who owns Modoc. Yeah, I don't know who has the the film rights to Modoc. I don't either. I mean, he's an AIM, like he's the leader of AIM, Advanced Idea Mechanics, which was in Iron Man three. Huh. So I don't know. I don't know. Okay, that, that could happen. So Hanson Chen hits us on Facebook. Says, "Hey guys, I'm at Jessica Jones episode seven right now. It was so great. It was my favorite one so far. Big fan of your show. Been following for more than half a year. I'm from Beijing, China. Some of my friends have watched Marvel's movies, but none of them are crazy about MCU stuff. It's always nice to have you guys' discussion. Just wanted to say thank you. You know what? Thank you. Thank you, Hanson. We have. It's crazy how like we've got fans from literally everywhere. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Hanson." Uh, thank you for listening. And, uh, yeah, episode seven was great. Yes, it was. Definitely my favorite moment up to that point was his declaration of love for Jessica yeah. Jones. Yeah. The police station scene kind of rocked the show for me because it took, it changed completely the context of Kilgrave. He's no longer a yeah. villain. Instead as of like much a sadistic murdery guy, he's just a psychopathic, sociopathic stalker. Yep. That's... Which I think, speaking of that... Uh, Robert T. Frost said to us on Facebook, Matt and Jeff, in listening to the podcast, you've been struggling to describe how Kilgrave acts toward people and in situations. The word or words you're looking for is sociopath and psychopath. David Tennant is portraying the epitome of a stalker who has the worst of these mental afflictions. 
Hmm. And you know, I I I said it to him. I, I commented on it, but I think that sociopath is outside of my like out of my go-to list as far as like things to to apply to people because Sherlock just constantly like whenever they were like you psychopath and he would be like high functioning sociopath. Right. I was just like I don't want to <laughs> call people that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh the dictionary or the definition of it is a person with personality disorder manifesting itself in extreme antisocial attitudes and behavior and lack of conscience. I think that's pretty So uh, no empathy basically. Yeah, which I think is pretty spot on for um Kilgrave. For Kilgrave. Yeah, I'd um, say so. And psychopath, is, says, uh, the dictionary says, um, a person suffering from chronic mental disorder with abnormal or violent social behavior. Yeah? Um, yeah. I would say Kilgrave's more along the sociopath than psychopath, though. I mean, he's got some violent behavior. I don't know. I mean, he would say he's never violent. Other people are violent. He just he just tells them. To yeah, that's that's exactly what a psycho sociopath dummy would say. Yeah, a path, whatever path, a path. he is. <laughs> You're choosing the wrong path. Yeah, he's definitely choosing the wrong path. Martin Deluna Jr. says to us on Facebook, "Hey guys, longtime listener and fan." Regarding your cast for episode 10 of Jessica Jones, Simpson taking red, white, and blue pills is actually traits of the villain Nuke. Actually, Simpson is Nuke, and he originally appeared in the Daredevil comic. You know what? I, I did not know this at I all. completely forgot about Nuke. I, I remember seeing that there was something about him in the news, and I think we left it out because it wasn't, like, it wasn't huge news. It wasn't like very exceptionally we intriguing. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't have much to say about it because I know I didn't know anything about the character of Nuke or the person playing him, but just completely escaped me. <laughs> yeah, um, well, I thought this uh, this is really interesting, and I like the fact he's a Daredevil villain because Daredevil season two is coming and Simpson disappeared. So I have a feeling we might get those whatever those soldiers are with the red, white, and blue pills um, might be showing up again. I think. What if he's a friend of Frank Castle, mm, or an enemy? Ooh. Even better. Yeah. Um, you know, like, the world of Marvel, just everything, is so fluid. It's just so incredibly fluid, because, like, you know, uh, Nuke started off as a Daredevil villain. Uh, Kingpin first debuted as a Spider-Man villain. He's in Daredevil stuff now. Like, just everything is just... It's so interchangeable. <laughs> I hate to say that because it's like modular villains, but well, I mean that's how it is in the comic books. Yeah, a villain is a villain, and they can they can show up anywhere. Yeah, they... and so I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a flaw for it to be that way. But I but I understand what you mean. Like, see, I think that's one of the biggest problems in the world of comic book content, movies, and uh, and such movies, TV shows, whatever. Um, one of the biggest problems is they try to make every story it has to be the story of that hero. Like every villain has to be the villain. Yeah. Um, every so so often they try to like tie their um, 
origins together and things like but in a world you're going to have some of that sure and sometimes those are the most epic stories but if if every villain is tied together to your hero or or whatnot, like it just it starts to feel unrealistic and a little bit like the world is too small. Yeah, and having these like I don't know, I've really enjoyed that on Agents of Shield where we just have like a random like we had the original Whiplash show up. Yeah, yeah, and that, and that, and that Mark one, Scarlatti. Yeah, Mark Scarlatti shows up in that one episode, and it's just like, oh, that's neat. Like we've never seen him before, but he's obviously been out doing things throughout the world. Yeah. Um, and and we we don't have to have seen him. I thought that was really cool. Uh, moving on, Matthew Ryan Cronin on Facebook says to us, "Episode eleven, spoilery stuff!" Exclamation mark. Ex- he's a lot of exclamation marks. A lot of exclamation marks. Got it. Said, Did you guys notice the smiley face on the bloody sheet at the beginning of the episode? I think it's bottom right corner of the frame. I am. I have it pulled up right now. The beginning of the episode, just to see. I haven't seen it yet, though. Yeah, I did not catch a smiley face at all. I also did not. So we we just went back and rewatched that little that little section to see uh, where that smiley face was, and it's a very incidental smiley face. Yeah, I would say probably just blood splatter. <laughs> uh, but it, I can see what you're saying. I think we I think I think we saw the one you're talking about, unless we're seeing a different one. Uh, but yeah, it's funny. <laughs> Uh, that's super sad place to have a smiley face. Isn't it, though? Yeah. And by the way, I don't think we, I don't know if we ever mentioned how big of an asshole the guy who lost a coat is. No, we didn't. I don't think, I, I, I've been meaning <laughs> to touch on that for 12 episodes now. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever he should, where, whenever he showed up. But the guy who's like going to all the Kilgrave meetings, but all he did was give Kilgrave a coat. That's hilarious. Like, Yeah. You've been affected by Kilgrave. You lost a part of your wardrobe. Oh, no. <laughs> but like this, this lady had her fingers broken when she messed up. This other lady had to smile forever. Yeah, would not stop smiling. He definitely had the least uh, problems. Yeah. from this, you, you got your coat taken, and then he left. Just he, makes him sound like a whiner. Lucky you. <laughs> Winery who wants, like, the attention or something. I don't know. All right. Uh, Omer Almalia uh, goes on to say on Facebook, uh, Your intro to episode three made me realize that if Leia is now a Disney princess, so is Jessica Jones. <laughs> um, yep. I don't know that Jessica is a princess is the only flaw there. Leia is a princess. Yeah, well, I mean, princess... You know, well, Mulan's not a princess either. Oh yeah, but she's considered one of the considered Disney princesses. One of the Disney princesses. Yeah, gotcha. I think it's just—it's the Disney royal family. Is yeah. All it is. Yeah. Um, Omer continues on Facebook and says, "Careful, spoilers for Jessica Jones, episode six. Um, Angela Del Toro mentioned in this episode was one of the bearers of the White Tiger mantle, Hellcat and White Tiger with the Defenders." Cast, woo boy! Exclamation mark! Whoa, boy! Whoa, boy! Um, I don't know of that character, but I do like that they're building a lot of character, little side characters into the show. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of like they're just providing the possibility. 
to go to that character. Yeah. I mean, and, and say these shows go on seven seasons or something crazy, like you need to shows often do. Yeah. Um, it's just cool that they've already laid the seeds for so much story they could tell. Yep. It's really, really cool. You got to build a world. And they are. <laughs> All of them. Um, Omer Omalia on Facebook continues, or well, not really continues, hits us again. It's not really a spoiler, but I'm mid-episode eight, and I had a thought. I had... I had to shake. No spoiler question. How many times did, did Jessica order people around, making or trying to make them do as she pleases? Also, look back on all the times she didn't. Does she look like she wishes she could killgrave someone into anything? Spoiler question for episode 8, and if you back, how many times did Kilgrave make Jessica do something without the voodoo that he do? Especially episode 8. Yes. Um, <laughs> he definitely. He pretty much controlled her in some form or fashion for the entirety up until episode 10 or whatever, when he, when she realized she, when he, when she realized she couldn't be controlled anymore. Yeah. Pretty much everything she did was kind of in a way under his control. Yeah. <laughs> he was manipulating her from behind the scenes and then directly, like when he was having her take pictures of herself, that creep, what a creep, <laughs> such a creep, what a creep. And yeah, I can see, I can see, I can see the in- interesting psychological, uh, issue there that if Jessica Jones is having Kilgrave, or she's been Kilgraved and feels powerless, now she wants other people to, uh, you know, listen to her. Like she wants the power back. Yeah, and I, and I think she gets it. <laughs> like <laughs> she bosses a lot of people around. A lot of people listen to her. <laughs> she does a lot of shoving people up against walls. Yeah, she can do that to me anytime. Ow. It's a little creepy. Sorry, sorry. It's a little creepy. <laughs> Come on, we're talking about Kilgrave here. My little comment about how cute Kristen Ritter is. I, I can't be called creepy. We just called Kilgrave creepy. <laughs> Such different spectrums. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's our last uh, piece of feedback that's related to that. The episode, episode 12 and, and earlier. Um, so thank you guys so much for all your feedback. Uh, it's so much more fun to have you guys on the show talking and not just us yapping at you the whole time. Um, I mean, that's still pretty fun. Oh, yeah. That's fun, too. <laughs> uh, we're going to uh, finish the, up now, and we'll be back with you tomorrow with episode 13. The finale! Finale. The finale, as Jeff calls it. The finale! <laughs> All right, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast in partnership with 45 Magazine and a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. The proudest. Mm -hmm, I think we are. If you'd like to uh, reach out to us, you can find us at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes, like, like us, subscribe us. Five-star review us, all of those things. But if you'd like to leave us a voicemail so we can actually play it on the cast, which we'll have some, we'll have at least one of those tomorrow, um, you can call us at 573-CAST-MCU. That's uh, 573-CAST-MCU. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us. If you'd like a similar podcast in the vein of this one, but about the DC properties being brought to film and television, uh, check out the DC On Screen podcast. Those, they're kind of our sister show over there. Good friends of ours. Um, so, thank you very much for hanging out with us. We will see you tomorrow. Until next time, true believers. <laughs>